Hello, friends and listeners of the LeaderCast podcast. This is Mo, the producer, jumping on really quick before this episode starts to let you know that we are going to be wrapping up season one of the podcast. The final episode in season one will be coming out on April 23rd. We are going to be coming back with an even better season two later this year. Stay tuned on our socials for updates as we know more, and thank you for being an avid listener. This is the LeaderCast Podcast, helping you be a leader worth following. LeaderCast Women is an inspirational one-day leadership event featuring renowned female leaders. Male and female audience members alike leave LeaderCast Women with the tools they need to be leaders worth following. Attend the event live in Atlanta or at a host site near you. To learn more, visit women.leadercast.com. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the LeaderCast podcast. I'm Haley Panagakis, your host for this episode. So this month at LeaderCast, we are focused on the theme of authenticity, which is a quality that, in my opinion, is very, very high on the list of values that make a leader worth following. So here to speak to our month's theme and more Today, we are joined by Blake Woolsey, president of Blake Communications, Inc., and former executive vice president at Mitchell, where she led its Center for Business, Training, and Leadership Excellence. In this episode, I chat with Blake about what it looks like to be an authentic leader, finding your why, how clarity, transparency, and authenticity all work together, and how to handle a PR nightmare. We are excited to have Blake as MC for our upcoming LeaderCast Women XNA event, taking place November 19th at John Q. Hammond's Convention Center in Rogers, Arkansas. A subset of our live LeaderCast Women event, which is happening in Atlanta on October 18th, LeaderCast Women XNA is a new localized event where we bring LeaderCast directly to a leadership community. So we're very excited about it. Excited about the event, excited to have Blake as MC, and so honored to have her on our podcast today. So without further ado, Blake, welcome. Thank you for joining us on the show. Well, I'm excited not only about the podcast, but of course, LeaderCast XNA and what we're going to be able to bring to our community in Northwest Arkansas. So thank you for hosting me today. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're so thrilled. So do you just want to get started? I know that you served at Mitchell for 10 years as executive vice president, as I mentioned. And now I know that you work with leaders to create strategies for innovation and growth. So do you want to begin by just telling us a little bit about that and what you're up to now? Sure. I have had so much fun with, as somebody who is almost 50 in my departure with Mitchell, it was really with the idea of what am I going to do next? Because what I want to do, I really want to have deep purpose and do really what is leveraging my strengths and talents to serve other people. Not that I wasn't doing that at Mitchell, but I just knew Mitchell was where they were supposed to be and they had wonderful leaders and it was time for me to, to go on my own search. So now I really do things in three different buckets. One, I do quite a bit of executive coaching. And then I do training really in that calm space, that communication space, prepping people to speak as well as maybe to do interviews or even just in general, getting better at polishing up the way in which they're communicating 
around a table with their colleagues or with clients. And then that third piece is facilitation, which is different than training. And I focus a lot of time on helping companies build strategy um, where they know what that business plan is going to be like for the next 18 months. They're really forcing them to look much farther ahead, even 10 years down the road ahead. What is data telling us today about population in our state or about where medicine is going? And what should we be doing today about those things? Because we know we're headed in that direction rather than just waiting for something to happen to them. So I've had a really good time working with companies making that happen. Yeah, that's that's so awesome. And I have a lot that I want to ask you of, you know, the okay. range of things that you've done. But you mentioned the communication piece. So I'm going to start there. So Great. that and your background in PR, I know that you prepare leaders to speak to media or, lot, or large audiences or, you know, their teams. So what are some tips that you commonly give executives as they prepare for a speaking engagement or interview? Do you have any like best practices that leaders should know? Well, you know, it's interesting because things have changed a lot when you're Mm -hmm. speaking to people as well as even talking to the media. The authenticity, I know some people are probably rolling their eyes or thinking, oh my gosh, from what we see a lot on the news, but authenticity is very important. I think that millennials have driven this. I'll be honest. Everybody knows I'm a wannabe millennial, but I think (laughs) that they've really forced us to do some things that we've needed to do. And People want to be able to trust you and authenticity has to come across. So Mm -hmm. as much as you want to write a script and as much as you rehearse, at some point, you have to be able to put the script down and be able to think, how does this flow? Is this transitioning, building? Is it easy on the ear? And are people understanding who I am as a person? Because really and truly, I am the person that is helping bring to life the brand for which I represent. You know, there's... People are what make a brand live and breathe, and people need to trust a brand, and so they need to see that in you. So that's usually what is most important is that authenticity, and if it's self-effacing humor or whether it's telling a story about you and your family or the way in which you work or even just stories about people who you're surrounded and you've seen their success or even their how they've skinned their knees and then they've been able to pull themselves back up and be resilient. Those are things people want to hear. Yeah. I love that you mentioned authenticity because that's our theme for the month. (laughs) Yes. So how would you define authentic leadership? Well, I talk to audiences really about how to be a leader of influence. And the very first piece of being a leader of influence, in my opinion, is self-awareness. And the moment you quit working on your self-awareness is the moment that you quit growing. And I think that's very, very important as a leader is to have that self-awareness. And then I always build on that to say, then what is it that you, how intuitive you are you about other people? That it's really not so much about you. It's really reading other people and how you communicate effectively with other individuals, one-on-one or an audience and the way in which they need to be communicated with. Um, and I don't mean that in a strange way. I mean that in a, do they need more detail? Do they need this sort of information in a soundbite? How should be this information be shared with them as you're communicating? And then last, to understand how you're perceived. And that's a hard one because you're having to seek feedback. And as a leader, sometimes it's not easy to be told things need to change or be improved about you. But if it doesn't fall on deaf ears and if you do something about it, you engender even that much more trust as a leader. And so that is sort of the way in which I have worked hard. I hope that people who I've led would would agree that those things are important to me, understanding who I am, understanding other people, understanding how other people see me. Mm-hmm. 
So I'm going to re- rewind a bit because there was a lot in there that I'd like to I know. go I, a little I, bit I further really in. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I tried a lot in it. <laughs> no, no, it's great stuff though. So let's start with, you mentioned self-awareness and I know that self-awareness is something that is being talked about a lot more lately, or at least I feel like it is. So how would you say leaders can be more self-aware? I think it's a question that every individual who aspires to be in a leadership role or even just be a good colleague, right? A good team Mm -hmm. member needs to think about. And there are all kinds of assessments that are available to you today. And even at my place in my career, if somebody offers to do an assessment of me for my behavior, my personality, I never turn them down because it is such a great reminder of, oh my gosh, that's right. Those are the things that I am Those are the talents that God gave me. That's the natural place for me to go. That's why I do those things first. And then also those things that I'm reminded of. Yeah, uh that's why I always put that off. I procrastinate because I'm not, I don't like that part Mm -hmm. of my job or something else. So to me, assessments are an incredible place to be able to go and to be able to remind yourself because it's not like you're going to see a 180 degree shift in your life. You usually read those and you go, yep, that's who I am. And mm-hmm. that's the beauty of it, because that's, that's how we are wired. I think journaling is another wonderful way of self-awareness, because you can always go back and go, well, gosh, I've grown. Now, maybe I haven't changed at the core of who I am, but I've grown in my thinking about this or about that, or I was able to overcome this, and it wasn't nearly as big as I was making out, out to be. So I think that those, those two things in particular can be very helpful in self-awareness. Developing world-class leaders in your community is now easier than ever with LeaderCast. In addition to our flagship May event, becoming a presenting partner allows you to stream multiple events per year, each with an opportunity to earn money. The new LeaderCast lets you invite 1 to 1,000 people with unlimited streaming opportunities. Check out more at LeaderCast.com or the link in our bio. Since you mentioned assessments, are there any specific assessments that you're thinking about? Maybe if you want to just list off a few tools that leaders could access. Well, I know I know Harrison is one that you all are using, but yes. there are a battery of them. And it's, I always kind of tease it's kind of like the flavor of the month because I in working with different corporations. I'm like, so what's your flavor of the month? What is what is the assessment you all are using today? <laughs> it kind of depends on the turnstile of leadership coming in and out of a company. Like they have a preference for Berkman or they have a preference for Myers-Briggs or mm. they have a preference for Hogan or DISC. I've always loved DISC because it's so simple. It's also inexpensive and it helps you as much understand yourself as well as to help communicate effectively with other people. But that doesn't mean that that's the best one to use. I also love using strength finders. I know in my work with Hilton, they have used strength finders a lot. And I think using strength finders helps you really communicate to other people what you're good at. When people say, well, what do you want to do and what are you good at? That's one of those assessments where it helps you communicate what you really know, those top five things which you're good at. But every single one of those assessments out there, the Enneagram, I know is being used by a lot of creative teams and uh, it's compelling as well. You had mentioned that leaders should care how they're perceived by others, which I find interesting because a lot of times, you know, we want to be our true selves. And when it comes to authenticity, you know, a big part of that is being your true self. 
and part of being your true self is maybe not caring what other people think. So is there like a balance with that? Like, why should we care how we're perceived? And is there a balance with that to being our true selves? I think that it's not always about making sure people like you, right? Mm -hmm. But there are times in which you can get feedback that doesn't always feel good. You know, whether you're doing, say, a 360, if that is an assessment that you're provided and you're getting feedback from people and they give you some really good information where you think, well, I don't necessarily agree with it. But at the same time, if that's how I'm perceived, then I need to think about how I'm behaving in a meeting because I wouldn't want somebody to perceive me that way. And so I feel like it's sort of the negative energy that you're not wanting. I deal with a lot of people coaching where they have had people tell them specific things. And I don't know if it's so much of, I see it and I agree with it, as it is, this is how I am seen and this is how I'm perceived. And that's not how I want to be as an authentic leader. And so how do you make those adjustments so that you are being the best version of you, which I know that's a phrase that is being used everywhere today, Mm -hmm. that you possibly can be so that you get what you need from your team because they respect you and they they feel like you're a person they can trust and that you are being the authentic you that you can be. Mm -hmm. Because there's a difference between a you know, when you come to the office, you're laughing really loud and it's disruptive. I can change that, right? Versus you give us a directive and I don't know why and you don't give us any context and I really don't know what my purpose is and what I'm doing. Then you go, oh my gosh, well, I could be communicating so differently, right? I can be telling them why and how they tie to this this change or this new activity or this work. So I think it kind of depends on what the feedback is that you're receiving. But I always say, listen to it because whether you agree or not, it's something that at least needs to be considered. Mm-hmm. I love that you mentioned finding your why. Do you have any advice for leaders on how they can go about finding their why and their purpose? (laughs) I do. I work a lot with companies on their why because they do want it to be bigger than what they're doing today and very aspirational, kind of like a, almost like a big, hairy, audacious goal, like Jim Collins shares. I think it takes a little bit of discovery of kind of many ways, Haley, what I did when I left Mitchell. What is it that I love and bring me purpose every day? How can I serve other people to make them accomplish things that they did not know or think or see were possible because they didn't have, you know, um, the tools or the roadmap or whatever, whatever it might be. And I think I'll go back to journaling. I'll go back to taking time to really ponder and think. People do it in all different kinds of ways, right? You know, putting a pros and a cons list of things I love, things I don't love, when I have found the greatest joy, the projects that I love working on versus what I don't enjoy working on. Um, Looking back through your assessments, you know, if you've taken assessments and seeing where, you know, you really glow and where you really shine that, you know, makes you hop out of bed and put your feet on the ground. What is And I don't think it has to be said in a paragraph. I think it can be said in a sentence or even a phrase and build upon it. But I always take pen to paper, but that's my PR background, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or keys, fingers to keyboard to really begin to define and refine what that might be. Yeah. It's very cathartic to do it. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Well, you're speaking to a writer. I love journaling, so. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good. Good. I hope people really think about that because I talk to a lot of people who are in transition 
and they're like, I don't want to know what I want to do next. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, so here's a path. Think about these things to help you move forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Switching gears a little bit, going back to, you know, your experience in PR, I kind of want to throw a scenario at you that a leader. Okay. So say a leader is faced with a PR nightmare, whatever that looks like to you in the spirit of authenticity. Maybe they want to be open about the situation and they should be open about the situation, but they can't share all of the details. So what should they do in that scenario where their authentic leadership says, you know, share the details, but they can't, whether that's red tape, you know, legal reasons, what what have you. So what advice would you give them? Well, I think that you communicate as much as you possibly can, whether that's external or whether that's internal. But let's pretend this is internal and you have your team. All these eyes are looking at you. And my feeling is, is that you tell them as much as you can. And you can tell them, I am not able to tell you any more information at this point in time. But as things continue to unfold, I will come right back to you and I will make sure that I share all of the news I possibly can with you. You know, this sometimes happens when there are layoffs, this time, you know, downsizing your team. This can happen when there's a change in leadership and it's sudden and people don't understand. As long as people have experienced things with you where you're telling them as much as you can possibly tell them and where you can say, I am telling you as much as I can tell you at this point in time. And I promise that I will continue to share information as I'm able. Please just trust me that we have a plan or we have a roadmap or, you know, we're going to all be okay. You know, I just need you all to um, support me as this change is happening or as this event occurred and to support each other. So I think that transparency and it not being corporate language, that it really is coming from you in your words. And you, if you're able to look at them, that you can, if you're able to look at your leaders and your leaders are able to translate that to their teams that I think that helps for people to know they really are telling us as much as they can at this point in time. Mm -hmm. Do you have an example that you're allowed to share of a time (laughs) that that a leader encountered this? Well, uh, you know, it's been working with companies when they were doing a RIF reduction in workforce, Mm -hmm. when you can't always give all of the details as to why that might be happening. Because what are most people concerned about? Am I going to be let go? Is is my job in jeopardy? You know, and you want to be able to look at them and to be able to say, today, your job is not in jeopardy. You're fine. But let's support each other in this because we've lost colleagues. We've lost friends that we have been working with for however many years. And let's support each other as best we can. Reach out to those who are no longer, you know, able to work here and give them the support, you know, thoughts and prayers, because that's another thing is people go like, well, can I reach out to my friend? And it's like, absolutely. This was a layoff. Please reach out and give them support. So those are, you know, because that's a grieving process for companies to have to go through. And you want your people to be productive. But a lot of times they get very distracted because they're worried about themselves, they're worried about their friends and where the company is going. And Mm -hmm. it's best to be as transparent as possible for that very reason, that they get back up on the swing of things and are as productive as they possibly can be. Right. So it sounds like clarity and transparency and authenticity all kind Mm -hmm. of work together. People know when you're dancing around something, 
that you want to say. I mean, we've all read it like, well, that sounded like that was written for somebody. That doesn't mm-hmm. sound like it was. It's very true. And yeah. I think that counts for authenticity, that people can look at you in the eyes and think, I can trust them and that they're going to come back to me with more information as they can. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times a leader is not telling you something really and truly to protect you, right? Right. If I can, If I'm really not able to share that information with you now, I'm really trying to help you at this point. It's not information that needs to be shared further. And I don't want you to have to carry that with you if it's something mm-hmm. that's confidential. I'll share it with you when it's something that can be shared with other people, right? whether that's the reason or not. But it is something to be thinking, you know, to, you have to think about as to why can't this be shared at this point. Yeah. So I know that you worked, you worked in both the nonprofit and for-profit space. So how would you say the two differ in their leadership demands? This is a little bit of off topic of what we were talking about, but I just, <laughs> while I have you, you know, you worked in both the nonprofit and for-profit. So I just wanted to ask that question. Sure. sure. It's different. It is, it is a bit different, but you know, the leaders I've been able to work with are those who are very hungry to achieve things, particularly those in the nonprofit space or the government space. They get frustrated because it does sometimes take longer than they want it to take in order to get things done or things approved. And I love that about them. I will say that to them all the time of, well, I love that about you that you get frustrated because you don't like complacency. You don't like things just to sit and swirl. You want to see movement and for things to, you know, happen sooner than later, just like in the corporate sector, you know, things, you want things to happen so that the ship is turned faster than what most people think it can be turned. So, but you know, they're just by natural large organizations, governmental or corporate, just sometimes it just takes longer to do things. Right. Probably why I myself love the entrepreneurial space because I love to be able to test things quickly. And if it fails, you fail fast and you fail forward and you move along. But you know, everybody's, everybody's kind of hungry and willing to roll up their sleeves and work in a different way than often we see in an environment where things are sort of set and stated and where there is, there are, it's not terribly flat as an organization where there are lots and lots of layers. Yeah. Well, I feel like I've taken a lot of your time, but I have (laughs) one more question that I want to ask. Sure. You're emceeing for Leadercraft Women XNA, as I mentioned earlier. So Mm -hmm. what do you look forward to most about emceeing for this brand new event that we're doing in Rogers, Arkansas? I guess it's, all of those that will be coming together, you know, I always feel like as leaders, you cannot stop growing. I guess that same comment I made about self-awareness and professional growth helps with our self-awareness. And I think that's what excites me is seeing a group of people together, primarily women, I'm going to be assuming are going to be coming together. And just the idea that we'll learn from who's speaking We'll learn from each other, uh, especially if we come to be very present and want to sort of find that pearl or those pearls that we can walk away with and think, these are the two or three things that I hope I can immediately put into practice. It can't be a host of 10 or 12, but that's what I think I'm most excited about is how, you know, we can ignite new thinking for somebody who is looking for that next place they want to go in their career or even just in a skill set. Yeah. And we're so thrilled, so excited to have you as MC. And I just want to thank you for joining our podcast today. I know that our listeners are going to walk away with their own pearls from this episode. So I appreciate you taking well, thank the time. You. I appreciate the invitation. I appreciate the invitation. And you did a great job, Haley. Thank you so much. Thank you, Blake. 
Listeners, thank you for tuning in today. You can find Blake on LinkedIn and be sure to join her as she emcees our upcoming LeaderCast Women XNA events that I mentioned. Again, that's happening November 19th at John Q. Hammond's Convention Center in Rogers, Arkansas. So visit women.leadercast.com backslash XNA to get your tickets. Please share this podcast and subscribe so you never miss an episode. And we will see you here next time for another episode of the LeaderCast podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the LeaderCast podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. In today's ultra-competitive job market, top-tier talent are leaving companies in search of top-tier professional development. Now more than ever, you must invest in your emerging leaders. LeaderCast 365 is a world-class professional development system featuring access to three annual LeaderCast events, a post-event journey to activate the inspiration and insights gained from LeaderCast events, plug-and-play lunch-and-learn programs with group discussion questions, concise video courses to address weaknesses and build upon strengths, and our library of more than 1,200 short-form videos from a slate of industry experts organized into 16 key professional development categories. Invest in your all-star employees and attract new top talent to join them with LeaderCast 365.